Welcome to Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard, accompanied always at the dinner table by... Aislinn Campbell. Last week, your dental surgery shook our home like a shockwave, right? Mm -hmm. It's a week later. Uh, You're clearly munching on some pizza right now. I expect the requirement for soft food is slowly beginning to lift. Yeah, um, I still have stitches in my mouth and I still can't bite into things. You're not eating peanut brittle? (laughs) If I eat a chip, I like tear off a little piece of chip. You know how you bite into something? Uh I'm not biting into something, tearing it off because my tear off her teeth are gone. Right. (laughs) I got my little retainer thing. Got your dentures? Yeah. It's like an Invisalign with Mm -hmm. two of my teeth. And interesting, in the old days, whenever you had to have something made for your teeth Mm -hmm. or in your mouth, Mm -hmm. they had to do like a press of something. They'd press your teeth and then they'd pull it off and then whatever. A mold. Yeah, mold. That I don't know if this is every dental situation, but certainly when you're at a dental school, they're using the highest technology Mm -hmm. that is available. They're being trained with the latest and greatest. Yeah. And so they took a scan. She had this little like wand, basically. It was almost as if she was coloring my teeth in. She did that a few visits back. And she was like, hold on, I'm going to show you. And then she shows me the computer screen and it's like my teeth are there. A 3D picture of my teeth. And so then she used that. Well, first of all, that helps them to know the shape of my mouth. But also then she used that to make the teeth. Because she was like, oh, if we had had to use the composite or whatever right. to make you, you would have, into yeah, like a you mouth would have guard. lost those teeth before right. then. She's like, thankfully, right we, we could use that. So, uh, but God love there wasn't a lot of pain. And she was very surprised that I didn't have a lot of pain. I think that they were all very happy about how I'm healing. The periodontist came in to look at my gums and everything. And she said, it's looking really, really good. good. And they're going to take the stitches out next week. So Great. I have to go back again next week. Good, good. Yep. I mentioned that you're eating some pizza. And that's the latest chapter in the grain-free pizza, the last chapter maybe? And we'll talk about that in just a little while. But first, we do have some unfinished business. Unanswered questions. How's the smoothie making going? Great. I get up every morning now, and that's the first thing I do is make a smoothie because I can't take medicine until I do. And today was the last day of taking the antibiotics, oh, but good. I'm still trying to take a yeah. lot of good like probiotics and all the supplements and stuff like that. So, Are you still using the kefir? I am. Yeah. I am so glad that you asked this question last week that we can answer this week. And I want to start in a place that maybe you didn't think I would, and that is kombucha. That makes sense. <laughs> We have mentioned kombucha many times, but I don't think we've done a deep dive into exactly what that is. And I find myself a lot at the farmer's market, especially where we buy our kombucha from a local vendor. Someone will come up to me and say, what is this? What are you waiting in line for? And I'll explain what kombucha is. But it begins with tea, black tea, usually. You brew it just like you would normally to make iced tea or anything else. But then you add to it kombucha that you've already made or purchased elsewhere Put that into a big vessel so that it can ferment, and the fermenting agent is a SCOBY. Symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast is what SCOBY stands for. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. A SCOBY looks like a, help me, like a mucousy sponge. Yeah, it's like that layer of grease that forms at the top of a bin of oil. Yeah, like a soup skin, (laughs) but real thick. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly as the name suggests. It is a culture of bacteria and yeast in a synchronous relationship. Fermentation occurs when yeast eats sugar inside of a liquid. That liquid ferments. And it's a way to get into your body quickly 
drinking this kombucha, some of those probiotics that we talked about at length last week. Right. Kefir is the exact same thing, but the sugar is lactose, milk sugar. It's milk rather than tea that is fermented using kefir grains. And I was so glad that you asked because another example of fermenting a common item in this very interesting way that produces a lot of health benefit. It's funny how the dinner table conversations always kind of come together. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we have been doing a ton of fermenting out on the farm. Yeah. Well, my mom has. I've mm-hmm. been bringing her the vegetables and she's made this radish salsa. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Fermented radish salsa. So you can just sit there and eat your salsa, which, you know, cilantro, jalapeno, but also radishes and whatever the other things that she puts in there. And then you can just eat it like you're eating... A dip. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I like to eat it with the plantain chips. She's making sauerkraut right yeah. now. She's made kimchi recently. Mm. She's made fermented green beans. Ferm- I mean, she's just like fermenting everything. And it's been so much fun. And so that's one thing that's been happening. Um, but then just the other day after this whole dental thing and me, the whole conversation about needing good yogurt and kefir and all that stuff, she had never tried to make yogurt at home with the Instant Pop before. Mm-hmm. So she gave it a try, mm-hmm. and she's like in love with it now, and it's just There's so delicious. There's a button on the Instant Pop that says yogurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a vessel that can be used for that easily. I haven't tried it. I saw her, she made a Facebook post about it and was very excited that she'd succeeded. It's very, very, very good. Oh, you tasted it? Oh, my God. Oh, it's did you like, bring some home? Uh, I was supposed to, and I forgot. Okay. But um, next time, next I'll time. be there tomorrow. Sure. So I'm going to bring some home, and she's going to jar it up in nice little glass jars where we then can put in our own ingredients okay. into it. And I was like, I got so excited when we started talking about that and after I tasted it and everything, because I had just gone probably a week ago, I was wanted to be out of the house for a little while. So I stopped in at one of our little like local shops, kind of one of those places where their prices are past the point of real. They're just bougie prices. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> those are fun places to browse. It's like Dallas prices in Corpus Christi and there's a few people that'll pay it, <laughs> you know, that uh-huh. kind of thing. <laughs> Very good way to put it. <laughs> the one thing I could eat that morning aside from having like some coffee and stuff from them they have made these little containers of like just fresh plain yogurt Uh and then they'd put some honey on top and i'm sure they're using local honey and some chia seeds and then like a few little mandarin oranges in it and i think i paid like 10 bucks for that little tiny thing right and so i was like oh my god wait until we have an airbnb on the farm and we're gonna have the Fancy homemade yogurt from the farm with a sprinkle of figs off the tree mm-hmm. or, or pears from the tree and local a little bit honey. of local honey and some fresh little, I don't know, pecans from a local, from the local pecan tree place. You know, that local pecan tree place over there. The best part about <laughs> this story is that I know I'll be on the board of the taste testing. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about things coming up out there. Uh, my parents are having, I think their first little get together with friends tonight out on the farm with their new pavilion that my dad has built. We've Mm. talked about it a few times. I mean, if you walk into that room, it looks like you've walked into like some special craft beer tasting room or something. Yeah, it's really good. And so I'm looking forward to my dad's birthday is coming up soon. So I'm thinking a crawfish bowl is going to be on the um, radar here very soon. And seriously, who knows? I mean, it's time for us to start, you know, activating activities on the farm. 
And then, I think we've done this one before, Aislin, but last week it came up again. <laughs> Pronounce this word, T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. I got it. It's turmeric. Turmeric. It's like I have a tumor, Rick. Turmeric. <laughs> turmeric. I still don't say it right. Turmeric. 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 Not tumor, Rick. Turmeric. <laughs> turmeric. Do you have a turmeric? Turmeric. That's going to stick with me, but it's actually turmeric. 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 Quinoa. Quinoa. <laughs> do we have it this time? I don't know. <laughs> I'll try again later. We did the thing that we do where you knew that you had cabbage mm-hmm. and eggplant. Mm-hmm. And I think you Googled recipes cabbage. with cabbage and eggplant. That's exactly what I did. And the best part is, y'all, okay. Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this eggplant. So I was fiddling around in the garden on a Saturday. And I started trimming up some things because one of the things that's good to do whenever you're not feeling well, but you're a gardener, is just go sit on your butt near something that needs to be done with a pair of shears in your hand and then just shear. Well, as I got cleaning up on this eggplant plant, because I haven't been cleaning things back very much because of the free, we're in that free season and mm-hmm. it's better to keep things a little bit warmer. Yeah, I didn't know that. So if you just kind of leave things alone, plus you don't want them to put on a lot of new growth because it's not the time of year for you to be putting on a bunch of new growth. So you Mm kind of leave them alone. Well, we're we're kind of starting to move away from that part of the year for us. And when I got down into the center of the eggplant, there were four nice, two of them very nice sized eggplants. you didn't even know were there. I didn't even know were there. That's like a little surprise. Yeah, which means they had been snapped by the freeze, which is really, really good. If you don't know this about things that tend to be bitter cool season is the best time of the year to eat those things so like kale and eggplant and all those kinds of things when we when we begin to see the heat coming back in those things will turn better yes oh interesting they start to put on some kind of a hormone that helps to keep the insects off of them because that's when the insects are all hatching and and humans don't like the flavor of that hormone exactly interesting it makes things bitter I'm like, okay, I've got eggplant and I've got a buttload of cabbage. What are we going to do with that? Let's make something. I literally typed those words in and then at the top it was quinoa stir fry. Quinoa. Quinoa stir fry. This looks easy. Uh This looks super easy. Let's do it. I'm so excited about this recipe. As I was with that cabbage roll soup recipe, because we can alter the cabbage roll soup recipe a hundred different ways. Uh We can with this too. It's stir-fried quinoa with eggplant and cabbage. You make your quinoa, you set it aside. You dice up your eggplant, roast it in the oven, and then set it aside. And then you brought me some of that eggplant roasted? Mm-hmm. Before I put it back into the recipe later, just the roasted eggplant, salt and pepper, that's all that was on there. I love fresh delicious vegetables, especially in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. They just taste so damn good. How many times on the show have you said and it's one of those things that sounds a little bougie. I hate to overuse the term this. It's my new favorite term. It's I'm not so bad. bougie. It's pretty good. I'm bougie. <laughs> if all you know are those dark purple mass produced eggplants or those hard as a rock white in the center tomatoes or I could go on and on from the grocery store that you are missing flavors when you eat them fresh, locally grown so mm-hmm. that there's not a huge distribution time well, or any kind of trickery to I'm make gonna have things to say more it over a... and over and over again. And that is that just because it's the one they sell you at the grocery store doesn't mean it's the most tasty version of that particular fruit or plant or whatever sure. it is. Because the goal of for them is mass distribution. How easily can it travel? 
How long will it stay without getting over ripened? Yada, 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 right? So you literally, there's certain things you can't buy at the grocery store that you can grow in your backyard and eat and you will find to be the most delicious things you've ever eaten. And the reason they don't sell it at the grocery store is because they can't get it to you at the grocery store. My suggestion then was going to be if I had purchased an eggplant at the grocery store and prepared it the same way, do you think there would have been a big diminishing in returns as far as flavor? Absolutely. Undoubtedly. That eggplant was phenomenal. And it wasn't that big, giant. He's talking about the big, they right. call it the black beauty. It's the one That's you know. That's the one you always see. This, These are like these really yeah. long Japanese. They're all mm-hmm. lighter purple. And actually, I'm, I went to the effort to make a statement with a photo that I had taken. I took this beautiful photo of these eggplant that were like just... This is like last year when we found that, like, I found that massive quantity of habanero peppers. Yeah. It was just like magical. Like, I hadn't been doing yeah. any gardening and I walked around to one little place and was like, what the hell? And led us straight into <laughs> yeah. one of our best bits ever, the ball burning habanero sauce. <laughs> exactly. So those kinds of surprises in the garden and on the show that make life, damn it, worth living. I completely agree. But you took a picture of the eggplant. Well, I took a picture of the eggplant. Mm-hmm. And after I took a picture, I was like, just because things look different doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's anything wrong with them. And all of these little eggplants, just those are the types of eggplants that would have been tossed out right. or thrown into the they were a little, food for a the animal bin or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they were phenomenal. They were so, so I roasted good. those, set them aside, had to whack you in the hand with a wooden spoon because you wouldn't stop eating them. I want then, more of that. Guess what? I use my wok again. Yeah. I'm making a stir fry, aren't I? I get out my wok, add some beaten eggs and scramble them. So you got to use some more of your eggs from your chickens from the backyard that are like contributors to our household production. Every day. (laughs) Then I stirred in that cooked quinoa. Then I added onion and garlic, sriracha, a squirt. I had to ask you, this is going to have sriracha in it. Should I use it? Because you're not eating spicy foods because of the stitches. Yeah. I went full steam with it. I couldn't tell that it was too spicy. Then you add your cabbage Mm -hmm. that you've cut up already and chopped. cabbage was good too, And you're only stir frying it because it's that high heat. You could have put more cabbage in, I'm telling you. Okay. You keep stirring so that nothing gets burnt, but everything gets heated quickly. And then I'm basically tasting the cabbage until it's exactly the mouthfeel that I want. Turn it off. Add your soy sauce. Add your eggplant. Add some cilantro chopped up. And then get everything warmed up. Dinner is served. It was really, really good. We love hibachi. Mm-hmm. My kids grew up with it. We called yeah. it hacha hacha. Right, right, right. And when I joined y'all's family and we still would go and eat hibachi, uh-huh. hacha hacha is what it became in our house. That style of cooking, stir fry cooking, the flavoring that they use mm-hmm. is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It is my absolute favorite. I thought that dish was so delicious. It was really good. The cabbage was so delicious and that it had that hibachi flavoring to it. The quinoa was nice and soft and beautiful. Quinoa. The eggs were very pronounced. The The eggplant was delicious and pronounced. It just was really, really good. And then you hit, you cooked it again. We had it, I had it a second time. Yeah, we did leftovers. It wasn't as good as leftovers because the first day you cooked it, it was very clear. It was very like fresh and clear. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The difference between the stir fry at the hibachi grill that comes right off and they throw it right on your plate. Mm-hmm. Compared to when you take it home and you eat the rest of, of the leftovers later on, it's just kind of like cooked down. You it's, know what I mean? It's not as fresh. You're making me think that there are certain foods, casseroles, soups, that are better the next mm-hmm. day. And then there are certain foods that are almost inedible the mm-hmm. next day. There was some diminishing returns on mm-hmm. those leftovers. In fact, I just took what would be the second time we ate it 
and gave it to the chickens. I knew yeah. that if I rewalked that, reheated uh-huh. it, it was going to not be horrible, but right. not be what I wanted to present. Our chickens are some of the best fed animals in this entire city. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> Spoiled brats. But I just took 14 eggs out of, out of the nesting boxes. So exactly. go for it, ladies. I would love it if you'd make that dish again. Um, and that? I would love it if you would do some more stuff like that with cabbage. It's, now, it's we don't why have... I was so excited is that we can make it again in a variety of different ways with whatever fresh vegetables we have on hand. If we don't even have cabbage and eggplant, I know we can use the base idea of this and do anything. Mm-hmm. You were saying, sorry. I hope you'll make that cabbage hibachi style. Maybe even not with the quinoa, not in a stir fry. With the what? A, not with the quinoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. Like that word is stuck in my brain. Quinoa. It's what it is. And how do you say the one from today? Turmeric. Not turmeric. But yeah, I just took back the rest of the cabbage that we had in the one head that we hadn't gotten to yet to my mom to turn into sauerkraut. So now you'll have to wait for the next head of cabbage that's coming off. But I can't it'll wait. be here soon. I can't <laughs> wait. You know what I've noticed recently? Uh, yes. <laughs> I know what you've recent. I know what you've noticed recently. Play with me, play with I've me. Also, I've also noticed it recently. <laughs> do you know what I've noticed recently? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> there has been a big decline in sitting around the table and eating. Yes, there has been. I have two reasons that are leaping to mind. Maybe you have a couple more. Number one, the full weight of the boys not being here. Mm-hmm. It seemed easier to get around the table when there was at least one of the boys still here. Yeah, and the girls were younger, so they were here. That that leads me to number two, yeah. Lily with her driver's license. Mm-hmm. She likes to be out and about, mm-hmm. and she keeps a very busy extracurricular mm-hmm. calendar, sports calendar and other <laughs> things. Absolutely. Do you miss it? Do we uh, yeah. need to be purposeful? Uh, no, I do like it. I, because I think, well, when was the last time we were all around the table together and it was at, out of the farm? Mm-hmm. I think we'll get back to more of the dinner table style thing once we get into that next transition of our life. I think we're in a huge transition moment right now. I think that the girls and the age that they are makes a huge difference. The boys are gone. You know, plus we don't have as many meals around here. So we don't have as many opportunities. So if everyone's not here, you know, it's plus ca- I like to cover every flat space in the house with um, no, that's easily buckets and baskets. And- Someone said we're sitting at the table. We could get the table cleared off if it wasn't cleared off. Maybe we could do a deal where the next Monday or Tuesday. Well, I mean, I think that that's part of it. If you think about it, you don't cook on, you're not home on Monday night. That's right. I mean, you know, yeah. you like. It, it is a weird life shift, isn't it? So Tuesday yeah, night needs to be the night. We don't have as many people around our house anymore. Yeah. And if one of the nights when the most people around our house, you're not here, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I so mean, Tuesday night needs to become our, we're sitting around the table night. It's going to be difficult because I think that the girls like getting their plate and running back to their room. I know mine certainly well, does. Well, last night, how would you have done that? See, that's the thing. Is it like we haven't been inviting the other kids, like, cook the food and say, okay, it's dinner time. Everybody come to the table and eat. We've gotten sloppy? Yeah, totally. Time to, time to hone. Good luck. Because to... teenage girls are a lot harder oh, than teenage boys. Oh, I'll flex boys. those muscles and get those teenage girls exactly where they need to be. Don't you think? No. Yeah. Not even remotely. But, uh, wait, hold on. You and I, let's make a pact. Next Tuesday, let's tell the girls now, get it on the calendar that Tuesday night, and I know that your daughter will probably have a practice and yada, 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 but we will make that work. It's important. 
I think that we, you come to the dinner table and it makes sense. And sometimes you have ebbs and flows in life. And I think that we got fortunate to have into the teenage years as many years as we were able to, to still continue to keep getting two, three, four. I mean, it's easy to not sit at the dinner table when there's only two people in the house. Yeah. You know, and we're that, we're there now. And when Queen's Gambit or Ted Lasso was on. Yeah, I don't know if that makes a difference necessarily because we were sitting at the table whether we were watching TV or not. When all the kids are gone, all four kids are all gone. You and I alone. I'm going to fill my house up with other people. Of course, of course. But will you and I, though, do just the two of us at the dinner table? I doubt it. Right. We'll do exactly what we do. We do coffee table, dinner table. (laughs) We'll have to change the name of the podcast. Coffee table. No. Coffee table talks. It's still dinner table talks. It's still things we talk about around the dinner table. Home is where your heart is. The dinner table is where you set your food down. Exactly. One of our listeners that's been listening since the very beginning, she's like, I'm curious to see how this podcast shifts. Uh Uh-huh. Because she knows that our kids are growing up and adulting and now we're getting into a different phase of life. And what's the next transition of the dinner table talk? And the thing about it is, is that if we're still doing dinner table talks when we're 80 years old, we might be sitting in front of the, you know, I don't know, who knows what we'll be doing, right? So dinner table talks is a fancy way to say, come join us at the dinner table because we're going to talk about food and whatever the flip we want to talk about. I was about to make a point. We fill our house up with plenty of people all of the time. That means that those dinner table talks, they will be different than the ones we had with our kids as they were growing up, where we found that the dinner table was an essential place Mm -hmm. for this newly blended family to become a family. This, well, and I think about this too. When we started this podcast, when we named this podcast and started this podcast, mm-hmm. not only were our kids of a different age, mm-hmm. but in addition to that, we also had public outings with food and lunches with friends. And nobody right. does that stuff anymore. So now, I mean, everything is shifting. Everything has to shift. So if you don't shift, then you're going to be out of business. Meanwhile, you, everybody else shifted. You have to shift. You have to. And we're shifting as usual. One of the things that I was most anxious about during this whole dental thing was that I knew that I was going to come back to my garden and that it was going to be have grown a whole week. And we're into that time of the garden. Oh, she took a week off. Yeah, I got it. We're into that time of the garden where everything's starting to explode. Mm -hmm. Our weather's already starting to shift towards spring. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still going to have snaps and all that, but weather's shifting towards spring. I had two big cauliflower heads. Can I let them go? Because this is the first time I've grown that variety. So I'm like, I'm not sure how big it's supposed to get. Can I let it go? Can I let it go? Can I let it go? And I went ahead and let it go, but I let it go too long. But I took five days off of being in the garden. What's and when I went window? back out there. What's the window on a head of cauliflower? Oh God, should I find it, out? It could be, I hope you don't know. It just kind of, it just kind of, <laughs> it just kind of. <laughs> right now? Or can we wait till we're done recording? It depends on the variety because some pants. varieties of cauliflower are going to be giant heads of cauliflower mm-hmm. before they start to bolt mm-hmm. or open up or whatever. Some of them are small heads of cauliflower. And what, what happens is, is that you begin to see purpling on the internal parts of cauliflower. Cauliflower turns purple. A lot of cauliflower turns purple. So it's not as magical as some might think that there is purple cauliflower. All I know is the white cauliflower at the grocery right. store. Actually, that's just the type of cauliflower and the cauliflower that once it gets to a certain point of ripe, it's either going to turn more orange or it's going to turn more purple. And so this particular one turned real purple, but they were these big, beautiful heads. And I was so excited about them. 
I was out when I was out piddling around in the garden with my eggplant that Uh day. I noticed that the arugula was growing crazy and the broccoli rob was growing crazy. Yeah. So when I went out to get the cauliflower, I went ahead and got some more broccoli rob and I got those two cauliflower because I was so excited about pizza. And I had already been talking about pizza, arugula on your pizza, broccoli rob on your pizza, fresh kale on your pizza. Oh my God, I want pizza so bad. I want pizza so bad. I had a pizza craving. I thought, well, I'll go ahead and make those fathead pizza doughs that I had made the last two times that we've discussed the grain-free pizza crust challenge here on the show. Mm-hmm. And then you said... I have cauliflower. And by the way, I have cauliflower. And it's like, <laughs> boom. Yeah. It's one of those serendipitous moments where I had said when we did those fathead doughs, because we liked those a lot. Yeah. I do want to try a cauliflower crust. Well, in every one of the places that I've been to, pizza places that make a uh-huh. gluten-free crust, mm-hmm. it's almost always a cauliflower crust. Okay. Yeah, just a couple of days ago when we were in San Antonio, I had stopped the California pizza and they had a cauliflower crust and okay. they told me it had cheese in it uh-huh. too. Right. So I was curious to see. Let's round out this pizza challenge. We had a grain-free pizza crust with almond flour, coconut flour kind of thing. We had a grain-free pizza crust whose essential ingredients are mozzarella cheese and egg. That's the fathead. And then we had, last night, the cauliflower pizza crust. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all of those recipes will be better if you made them several times, got better at it. Yep. But as of now, how did that cauliflower crust... It was perfect. It was good. Was it your favorite of the three? Uh, I, I liked the fathead one, mm-hmm. and I liked this one both. But I, I would say this one's the favorite of mine when it's cauliflower season. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we've got cauliflower coming out of the garden and we got to use it, this is a really freaking great way to use it. If you could eat grain, mm-hmm. couldn't you see every once in a while doing a cauliflower crust just because it lends a different whole almost yes. aspect to the entire dish. Yes. That's what I was saying about the idea that I felt like I could introduce rice back into my diet. Mm-hmm. Is that that doesn't change the fact that I still want to have cauliflower rice. And I still, I want diversity in my diet as much as anywhere else. Absolutely. And when we were at that California pizza place, the waitress, I told her, you know, I want to order the... um Cauliflower crust, veggie pizza, right? Okay. And she said, that's our thin and crispy. If someone orders a thin and crispy, they get cauliflower crust. Right, okay. Basically. Uh And she said, it's my favorite crust. And I'm not gluten-free, you know, or whatever. I like that. I like having options. The first step in making a cauliflower rice is to take your cauliflower and either run it through a processor or a processor with a grating wheel on it, you're breaking up your cauliflower so that it resembles a grain of rice. But with your pizza crust, after you make your cauliflower rice, you bake it in the oven for about 15 minutes. I went 20 because I had a a good amount. Then I did something I'd never done before. I went to the grocery store to buy some cheesecloth. You put your riced cauliflower, baked, cooled, into the cheesecloth. You wrap it all around, and then you're twisting it to really start getting some moisture out of it. Then you add mozzarella cheese Mm -hmm. and egg Mm -hmm. to your binding agent. Mm -hmm. But unlike the fathead dough, which resembled a ball of dough, this was kind of like a mush. Press it into the shape of whatever crust you're trying to do, and then you rebake it for about 20 minutes, flip it over a couple more minutes, and then you add your toppings and bake it until your cheese or whatever you're doing is melted on pizza. Mm Mm-hmm. This is my favorite one. It was easy to cover with stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, to put the stuff on, it was nice size. Yeah. And you had a nice big bowl of the garlic olive oil that I like. Well, the with cheese, my pizza salt. The cheese yeah. melts. 
while mm-hmm. it's baking and the egg cooks and binds. It did come off of the baking tray as one whole unit that wasn't going to break or be brittle or anything like that. It came off like a piece of bread, even though there's nothing bready about it except for egg. Is our challenge over? I don't know. The only thing I could think of is, is that we did find a local baker that will sell us some pre-made doughs. Yeah, we I thought that might be interesting that. to do mm-hmm. just to see if the time that you save by not making the dough is worth the price. Mm-hmm. That cauliflower crust was very, very, very easy to make, fun to make even, and tasted delicious. The arugula that mm-hmm. I love on pizza. Yeah, you assembled the pizza. You were like, do I use the broccoli rob with flowers? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it had flowered. It had gone, it had bolted. Yeah. yeah and I was like, it. it's got those little tiny yellow broccoli mm-hmm. flowers on it. Yeah. Should I put these on the yeah, pizza? Yeah, some of the Can't broccoli rob bolted while I was uh, taking the little five-day break. sabbatical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love broccoli rob for very specific things. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit spicier than regular block broccoli. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The leaves, the small heads of the like, little florets of broccoli... It's just so good for pizza. Oil with garlic in it and your pizza salt. My pizza salt. Your tomatoes, Mm -hmm. your arugula, your broccoli rob, your... Peppers. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that was it. Grocery store onions. And mushrooms. Grocery store garlic, grocery store mushrooms. And I, of course, was going to run out and get mushrooms after our conversation last week about mushrooms in your diet. Yeah. I'm going to get to the point of growing mushrooms someday. Okay. But not today because okay. I've got a lot of other things going on. That seems like a wise. Garlic later. also. To grow garlic in our area, you have to be tricky with garlic. And so it would be primarily for our own uses, although we use a lot of freaking garlic. So that's mm-hmm. the thing about it. You have to freeze garlic in our area because it doesn't get cold early enough, long enough. For us to grow garlic here. I don't know anything about that. Can I ask you to do an unanswered question about what freezing garlic means next week? You mean like how to grow garlic in an area that you can't normally grow garlic? Well, you figured out the question that I'm trying to ask. <laughs> Can you figure out the answer? I'm going to write that down. That's an unanswered oh, question good Lord, I'm looking something up. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do that. Well, every week you get to listen to me talk about something I'm doing in the garden, something I'm harvesting, something I'm learning from the garden. And I'm curious if some of you would actually like to go down the rabbit hole of gardening with me a little bit deeper. If you have an interest in that, I would love it if you would join me on my Facebook group called It's Just Aislinn. We'll drop the link in all the things we're doing so that you can go and check that out. See you there. When I have my plastic teeth in, uh-huh. I literally can't whistle. I was like, la, 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 listening to the radio. And then I was like, <laughs> this doesn't even work. Why are you talking about whistling? I don't know. Because I think table topics is kind of like whispering, 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 table topics, table topics. You just said table topics. Oh, is my a teeth lot can like whistle if I just go. <laughs> table topics is all like whispering when you were talking about whistling. Okay. Whispling. What body part are you most attracted to? What body part am I most attracted to? I'm assuming that they're talking about the opposite sex. Right. Or are they talking about something on your own body? I don't know. No, well, attracted to is not, you're attracted to yourself? Attractive doesn't mean sexual desire necessarily. What is the question? What body part, I got us off track, what body part are you most attracted to? Now, when I drew the question, what I assumed that it meant of the opposite sex. What body part are you most attracted to? 
of the of the gender that you are attracted to is what I assume that it meant. You know, I admittedly, it's got to be eyes because every relationship I've ever had, it's always been the eyes that got me. <sighs> okay, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> what a good day. There are times when uh, one might be less than honest in a situation like this so as not to offend people. Well, if I'm honest, all the way up until you, it was always hair. Okay. <laughs> that was literally the thing that always caught my attention, was hair. You no, know, you've told me that many, many times. I'd like to say that I've got a great head of hair. It's just different than, you know, you have a great Fabio's. <laughs> but I'm falling in exactly with you. Eyes, mouth, from the eyebrows to the chin, the face. Not the hair necessarily, although there are hairstyles that I would totally be not attracted to. Mm-hmm. If I had to go with a body part that wasn't nice eyes that's a very nice answer feet and you know that about me (laughs) i notice (laughs) the ugliest little my feet are like what do you call those people the hobbit Hobbit. i have hobbit feet (laughs) i am in love with your hobbit feet (laughs) and i have a crooked toe too (laughs) i love your crooked toe i'm gonna ask you the question again a hot guy is walking by and you can't see his eyes because he's too far away what body part are you most attracted to or get your attention or he's got a nice hmm do you know, it's like if i think back on what caught my attention it's not a body part it's the way they move uh-huh. it hair uh-huh. style cool good jeans uh, though i always had a thing for guys that wore good jeans if you wore good jeans like maybe it was because of the way they fell on their body yeah. but it like you had good jeans and you had good shoes if you had good shoes mm-hmm. you know so style style is always a big deal for what me. celebrity these days has the best like attractive hair well i like those boys with long hair who I like Matthew think? McConaughey, and okay. I like uh, Johnny Depp. Matthew like... McConaughey when his hair's a little bit longer. But if you think about it, it's hair and style. It's, it's hair, style. and it's they also curly, have really though. beautiful eyes, too. Mm-hmm. And I bet they have really nice butts. I think I like butts, too. <laughs> but, I mean, if I think about I that, that's not the ones... waiting for one of us ones... to go blue. That's not the ones that I'm... You know, I, I'm trying to think about what catches my attention. It's I'm telling you, man, it's eyes. Because if I think about even... At, like being in college or being in a situation where it's like somebody walks into the room and what is it that catches my attention? It's one of two things. It's they've got really nice eyes that I just can't not look at Mm -hmm. or they've got really great style. Like if their style is good, I'm going to look again and then go, ooh, they have style and good eyes. My hair was bad. My style wasn't great. My eyes, I guess, won you over. You just wouldn't go you, away. No, you made, you made me over to a degree. You are like, <laughs> shave that head, grow out a beard. Which I'm going to help which, you out with your style, Which buddy. were both great <laughs> suggestions, by the way. Clothes-wise, I just don't care, which which may not be good as far as attracting you. Well, Maybe I should put a little more thought into it. You probably should. Yeah. You have this one shirt that I'm like, dude, that shirt, well, man. Why don't you ever and say I, anything? Which because shirt you is went it? to the store and bought it yourself. Which one? It's like a silvery, paisley-looking thing. Oh, the blue and silver one? Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong about that. I am in love with your Hobbit feet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime... Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Hold on. I want to start my whole part over.
Because I don't even, uh, I got derailed. You got derailed, huh? 